Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I am Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Ellen, in honor of today's book, I'm going to say everything is groovy. Oh. (laughs) So, today we are going to be talking about the 60s set, Earthbound, by Emma Berry and Genevieve Turner. And later, we are going to take the time to see just how well mom knows me. But first... Mom, what have you been reading over the last two weeks? (laughs) Over the last two weeks? Okay, so for our last episode episode that was a week ago, Mm -hmm. we read Spotless by Camilla Monk. Mm -hmm. Well, I fell in deep into that series. Yes, you did. And I read the first three books. The third book ends on a huge cliffhanger, and then I had to read Earthbound, and it was hard for me to drag myself away from my Camilla Monk series. So, but I did read Earthbound and then I, uh, and now I'm reading book four of the Camilla Monk series. Okay. And so from what I understand, book five is not out yet. No. Why do you do that to me, Ellen? I, d- I didn't know. I'm sorry. Mm. But yeah, we had some, we had some other people tell us that that one's not out yet. I have found, cause everyone said you should listen to the audiobook. So I, have been purposely listening to the audiobook and I do enjoy it. The best thing I like about it is I realize I've been pronouncing everyone's name wrong. <laughs> there you go. So now I know how to pronounce everyone's name right. All those Afri- Afrikaans that I was saying their names uh, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that probably does throw it quite a bit. Um, so for me, what I've been reading is um, nothing. <laughs> I mean, yes, I've noticed that, Ellen. I I wanted to point that out. (laughs) I may have pointed out a time or two. It's not entirely true. I have been reading something, but I don't think I'm supposed to talk about it. So I'm not completely, like, lazing about. In fact, this week has been very busy, uh, even in terms of reading. Um, So I just need to make that clear. I will cut you some slack. Yes. And okay. (laughs) Because... You know that I've been reading, so please, I do. Please I also testify. know you've been very busy, and yes, so I am not going to harass, harass you. me. Thank you for once in your life. No, oh, whatever. <laughs> so today we are going to be talking about Earthbound by Emma Berry and Genevieve Turner. It is the third book in their Fly Me to the Moon series, which all takes place in this kind of alternate version of the American space race in the 1960s. Uh, It was recommended to us by listener Christy, whose thoughts on the book I'll read after our discussion. Um, As I said, this week's been really busy. So unfortunately, you guys know I like to try and do something a little different with the book description sometimes. But today I'm just going to have to read the back cover because that's the kind of day it's been. (laughs) I don't want to... I mean... I don't want to give too much of a peek behind the curtain, but um, some of you might be listening to this maybe not too long after we recorded it. That's the kind (laughs) of day it's been. Um, So the back cover for this one is Houston, Texas, 1961. The race to the moon is on and engineer Eugene Parsons has two enemies, danger and distraction. Nothing is more distracting than his attraction to the brilliant, beautiful computer scientist on his team. But he's determined to overcome it since he needs her to, to he needs her to help America win. 
Charlie Eason is used to men underestimating her. It comes with being a woman in engineering, but it's worth it to join the space race, even if she can't figure out what's behind the intense looks one tightly wound engineer keeps sending her. But life isn't as unemotional or predictable as code, and things soon boil over with the intriguingly demanding Parsons. With every launch, their secret affair grows thornier. The lines between work and play tangle even as Parsons and Charlie try to keep them separate. But when a mission goes wrong, they'll have to put aside their pride for the greater good and discover that matters of the heart have a logic all their own. So, Mom, what did you think of Earthbound? I liked the book. I really like the setting. It's mm-hmm. different than anything we've ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually born in 1961, so it was, oh. you know, so I lived through this era, <laughs> but I don't remember Don't remember it. It, yeah. <laughs> um, I liked it. With that said, and I've mentioned this to you, yeah. it took me a while to warm up to the characters. Okay. Um, Hold on that thought, because that's okay. the first question. Okay. Um, I loved this book and we're gonna get into it but i i really loved this book a lot i think it's really beautiful in a way and i thought it was very passionate and um yeah we'll 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 talk about it with this first question um mom when you were about halfway through this book you told me that you didn't know if you like them as characters so let's talk about that. Where did you end up with with them? Well, by the end, I, I did like them. Mm-hmm. But it took them so long to let their own guard down. Even when they were having sex, mm-hmm. you know, on a pretty extraordinarily regular basis, mm-hmm. they, um, they still both had, and they talk about it in the book, they both had their armor and their shields up and yeah. you know, did not like to let themselves see each other Mm -hmm. you know and um so they if through many so a lot of the beginning of the book they were kind of cold fish Mm -hmm. um both of them were it's it's not you know one wasn't i mean he was a little colder than her i would say but um but we're used to the grumpy hero you think you think he was colder than her I think in a lot of ways, between the two of them, like their relationship with each other, I think in a lot of ways she was colder than him. Well, and that probably is true in their relationship. I think he was colder to other people than she was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, can we agree on that point? Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know. It just, uh, so I had a hard time getting into the characters that way. But by the end of the book... I really liked where it ended up and where it ended up going. Yeah. So, so the um, the journey. I was happy with the journey. Can mm-hmm. we say that? Yeah. Uh, the outcome of the journey, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, it just took me a while to to warm up to the characters. I can see that. So, I have a guess that you found the CD motel thing off putting. I did. <laughs> I because when you had said that, and then as I got further into the book, I was like, Mom did not like this. Yeah, I didn't um, like the, the little rendezvous. Um, I, the thing is, is I, I see, I can understand that. But I think the whole thing with this book, right, is that, I mean, because we've read a lot of books, we talk a lot about, we like the grumpy hero with the cute feisty girl that kind of, 
you know, brings him out of his shell. That's right. a thing that we see a lot of and that we have expressed that we like. There was no um, cute and feisty in either one of these two. No, they are they are cold people. I think especially on the outside, you know, looking in. Well, and I it's not like I don't understand why. I get that she doesn't want yeah. to uh she's in a precarious situation where she could easily be seen as just some tramp that's sleeping her way to the top kind of yeah. thing. And she doesn't want that. You know, that is absolutely not what she wants to have happen. And well, and I think that they're both, I think they're both, uh, like this kind of coldness that they have is born out of their relationships with their families. You know, yeah. I think he's got a complicated thing going on with his family. He's got this dad that was never very accepting or loving. And even his other siblings and um, mom were not like the most affectionate people. It doesn't sound like it's right. They're very kind of practical salt of the earth types. And then her parents who she could just never, you know, everything she kind of did didn't ever seem to make them happy. Be enough and, for them. Yeah. And she, they talk a lot about that. And then I think also with both of them, they had to, hide or work around certain aspects of themselves to get ahead in their fields. You know, her being a woman, and then he talks a little bit about, you know, he had to kind of work off this stigma of being an oaky and... Southern accent, or his Oklahoma yeah. accent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they both have kind of had to, like, shelter themselves a little bit in order to, to get ahead. Um, and I think... The thing with the motel is, yeah, like you said, um, she was afraid of what it could imply for her career and what people would think. I think he was for his career as well, but also for hers because he also recognized, like, right. this will not work. And the thing is, is he always respected her and what she was able to do. Um, and I, th- I could... I knew that the seedy motel thing was going to be a thing that when they finally got out of there, it was going to be their big moment. And so I knew that we just had to kind of work through this to get to where they got to let, like, that was going to be the big thing for them. And I think his thing with the rendezvous in the seedy motel was that um, he just didn't, feel like he wanted a relationship. I mean, he just yeah. felt like this is my way of keeping it at arm's length. This is just sex. It's not, you know, anything other than that. And I think that was his way of um, keeping the relationship at, arm, at arm's length. So I wrote down this quote, and it's towards, it's at the end when um, they meet up at the motel for the, the last time. He says, Uh, It says, he sensed her preparing those words, but then he saw the water stains on the ceiling and the peeling wallpaper. Without loosening his arms, he said, I know it all started here and it would be poetic and all that, but there's something I want to show you if you'll come with me. He wanted those three words to happen somewhere else. He couldn't quite explain why. The sensation wouldn't stop nagging at him. And then they have this big moment at his apartment. He takes her to his apartment. He shows her his fish, which he had mentioned he's like I want to show her I would love to show Charlie my fish and I thought yeah. that was so sweet and and then she has this big thing because the other the other big moment I think that they had was she 
She reapplies her lipstick, and he comes and, yeah, smears her lipstick. Smears her lipstick. Yeah. And And I think that those are her, him doing that, and then at the end, you know, when they're at his apartment, that's what she wants to do, is she wants to show him her without makeup. And that was... And no one had ever seen her like that. I mean, that's just not something she showed to people. And yeah. so that was like a huge deal. And it was a, and I think that that was, again, born out of, you know, she always had to have this facade because she talks early on about how, you know, being pretty didn't hurt, you know, because she had to use whatever she could to get yeah. where she wanted to be, unfortunately. I mean, she recognizes that it's, twisted but um and it was a different time than now so we're not going to (laughs) yeah (laughs) no it's not acceptable today but back then it was all they had to go with yeah and so i could see those things building i could see that the motel was going to be a thing i could see that the makeup was going to be a thing and i could see that when he eventually brought her into his life you know, showing her his fish. His fish. <laughs> yeah, that that was that those all were going to be big moments for them, right? Right. And um, so yeah, so I just found that payoff like I don't know, super sweet and really kind of moving. I do love, and I think I've got the timing on this right. Like the next day, he went into work and went to the boss and said, <laughs> um, "By the way, I'm marrying Charlie Easton." Yeah. So yeah. I thought, yeah. oh, that's so cute. He's like, well, have you asked your He's like, no, but it's going to happen. But it's, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and the the timing on all of this book is interesting because, I mean, it's like spanned over three a couple, years? three, yeah, at least a couple years. But yeah, um, it starts in 61 to 63. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's, like, big chunks, like, between when they break up and then end up starting to get back together again. It's, like, I think eight months or something like that. Yeah, quite a while. Um, yeah, so they kind of worked through a lot of time here. Um, okay, so kind of still in the same ballpark, but a little bit more specific. What did you think of Charlie as our heroine? I, I admired her. I mean, she's crazy smart. It yeah. me jealous i want to have some brains which i don't but um she's uh she's super smart but she and she kind of has had to stick it to her parents which what becoming an engineer for nasa i'm going to call it nasa because i don't remember what they call it in the book asd but, yeah, something like yeah. that but it's supposed to be nasa yeah um becoming an engineer for nasa yeah that's super disappointing for their her parents yeah. <laughs> which is like how twisted is that but, um, but I did, I liked, you know, I don't like that this was how her mom felt, but that she was able to like recognize that like her parents, she's like, they just don't understand. They just don't, yeah. it's, it's a science that they don't get and they don't understand why I want to be a part of this. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I will, I mean, this is kind of tangential but i thought that they did a really good job with this book in um you know they're touching on some pretty intense science and you know yeah and things like that but i never felt like like it was over my head 
You know, like I was still able to follow everything right. that they were trying to do and things like that. Yeah. And maybe I it was really well done. Yeah. Maybe uh, it's just because I've seen enough movies about <laughs> this kind of stuff. About the space race. Yeah. Um, um, no, I thought it was it was well done, and it was, um, I yeah, I agree with you. It was never yeah. it never felt like I was like bored by all of the science talk. Yeah, um, but yeah, with Charlie, I um, I really liked her. I liked that she, yeah, she's not the warmest person, but I thought you know she was cute with Dot and Beverly, yeah. and um, you know I think that she's kind of a little girl lost in a lot of ways and just kind of, um, you know, is trying to still appease her parents, but on her own terms, which I always appreciated about her. Um, And I really love that, I love for both of them, that at least with her, for him, the thing that she respected about him, like, right away was his work ethic, which is, like, something that nobody else seemed to recognize about right. him. Um, and Well, they had a very similar work ethic, which is kind of yeah. what brought them together. Yeah, and just, like, the importance of getting the job done and the, getting the job done right because the stakes are so high for what they right. were doing. Um, and I, I love that... Admi- go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I did admire in her that she was super ballsy when it came to standing up to you know, the guys above her and, um, you know, she didn't cower because she was a woman. She, you know, once mm-hmm. she got in there, she was very forthright with them. And I loved at the end, towards the end when, um, they were having the problem with the rendezvous and she was like, it was taking everything in me to not, I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I knew this was going to happen. I told yeah. you from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And I loved how smug they got to be, because that was cool. Um, And I wrote down this line, uh, after she says, I love you to him, she's like, it was much like the first time she'd seen the inside of a computer and thought, this is what I meant to explore. And just how she can equate, you know, that love of computers and things that she has to this new kind of love. I thought that was cute. Um, okay, so what did you think of Eugene Parsons as our Eugene. hero? Um, I liked Eugene Parsons. He was um, definitely broody. I mean, I liked him way more towards the end of the book than <laughs> I did at the beginning. <laughs> I just had a hard time warming up to these two. Sorry. Um, no, I think it's good. Because you're <laughs> usually the one that, like, has no problems. and I'm... I love everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but I liked that. I like that we got to see, I mean, I'm glad it was a dual POV because I liked that we got to see, otherwise I really wouldn't have liked him. But there was so much, like, he would give her these intense looks and she thought that he hated her and, but really it was like he was trying to control his lust for her. Mm -hmm. And um, I, uh, you know, so I'm glad that we had the dual POV so we were able to see that he did have this, you know, softer side inside that he had to you know, keep in check because he had a job he needed to get done. And, but, you know, people were afraid of him. And <laughs> the one guy's yeah. like, you, it scares me when you yell. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really liked him. I like, um, I don't know. I think I, with both of them, I just liked that 
they're different than a lot of other heroes and heroines. Right. I, I think I liked that they were... I didn't find them unlikable, but that they had some qualities that, like, well, they were from yeah. the outside kind of made them seem a little unlikable. Um, I don't know. But I didn't ever feel that way about them. Um, and I like that this pairing is is one that we... I don't recall ever seeing a pairing like this where they're... I don't know. They're both just a little sheltered and a little damaged and... Um, well, I think a lot of people who in that, I don't know, do I dare call it like nerd culture or, um, they are a little awkward and, you know, socially And a little abrasive. And, and, and and come off as abrasive, but that's just part of the social awkwardness. And, and, um, you know, the fact that they found each other with very similar social awkwardnesses, Mm. um, you know, and and very similar work ethic and very similar. I don't know. I think that that's what drew them together is is these similarities yeah. that they had. Um, I love that he kind of just seemed to love everything about her right away. I mean, he was obviously instantly attracted to her, but I love when they first meet and he talks. He's like, she was just so confident, and it was yeah. so hot, and it was. And I think I like that, especially with the time period, because it was not a thing that was, you know, looked looked up to in women. In women, yeah. Yeah. And um, that... Uh, well, and through the whole thing, I mean, that was kind of an underlining, underlying, like, tome of the book was he really thought, yeah, women should be astronauts. And I mean, he was very mm-hmm. supportive of women in the workplace mm-hmm. and very supportive of... Um, these and other the other men were like placating the women and like yeah yeah we, you know we'll let them train yeah. but they're never yeah. going anywhere and and um, then when she you know when they took her job away from her essentially or her pro- program her, away from her, her little project and um, yeah and they're like oh she'll be fine you know it's it's not that big a deal and you know but through it all Parsons was always on the women's side like the women can do this women can do things. <laughs> What? <laughs> Women can do things. And, um, you know, it, it was an endearing trait in him that mm-hmm. he appreciated that the women were as competent, if not in a lot of ways, more competent than the men were. In fact, he thought the women astronauts were would be, be more competent because he hated the male astronauts and their yeah, egos. that and was funny. What um, jerks they were. <laughs> yeah, and um, I wrote down this line. Um she supposed it was camaraderie. When Parsons looked at her, he saw her. He recognized her. He didn't want to alter her to be like anyone else, though he probably wanted her to work harder and better. But he understood her from her brain to her toes. And I re- I liked about them, but especially with him, that that's what she liked about him, was that he just got her and I think that that was just such a novel thing for her because she had this family who didn't ever seem to understand her and where she was coming from and then she's kind of surrounded by people in her work and stuff who also don't get her and um that they yeah are just able to kind of like recognize these kindred spirits in each other um just this little moment I love when Peg brings him in tea his secretary (laughs) I thought that I just it was just such a small thing but um I don't know like their whole relationship to begin with that he says you know 
she was always scared of me and that probably didn't make for a great secretary, but also I knew she needed the job and it just kind of like showed his heart. And I, I liked the fish thing just cause he was like this farm boy. And so he needed some An animals animal. to take care well, of. And then when he ran into Jeffrey's in the pet store and he's like, Oh, you need to get this and you need to get this and you need to get yeah. this. He's like, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, if we're talking about moments in the book that we're moving, uh, when he came in and told her that they're taking her project away mm-hmm. and she'd been working on the chalkboard and you, I mean, you can picture this, this chalkboard just covered with equations and, and yeah. diagrams and all kinds of stuff. And she just takes the eraser and erases. I mean, this is literally weeks and weeks and weeks of her work and yeah. she just erases it all. And it's just like, oh, that's just heartbreaking to think. I and I almost wanted to say, don't, because, you know, maybe, maybe something will change and you just erased all your work. I know. Well, and it was so heartbreaking that that was such, like, a division for them, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, I got it. I understood it. And, you know, because I think you know, she felt betrayed because she thought that he had, there was no way he didn't have any part in this. Um, but it was just, yeah, it was heart, that scene was heartbreaking just because, and you could just feel, like, yeah. how much it just, like, killed both of them. Like, him having to tell her that and her having to you know lose right. this job that she and was a lot of it was to. she was mad about the situation and taking it out on him which yeah. you can kind of understand um but uh but then you know as it as the story went on and they kept saying oh you sound just like parsons you know yeah <laughs> he got the she got the idea that he had been fighting for her for a long time yeah and that was sweet um okay so what did you make of the feminist perspective of this novel Um, For me, I'll just say, I found it very interesting. I found, you know, she's not burning bras or doing anything crazy, but she just kind of had this really quiet dignity about her and um, very aware of her situation, which I recognize was awful back then and could not have been easy, but... All of that just kind of seemed really appropriate for the time period. I feel like, um, and this is not something I dislike, but I feel like in a lot of other historicals, the women are very feminist in a way that doesn't always seem 100% true. To fit the time period that we're reading To the time period, yeah. Um Whereas with her, I think she's very feminist. I think she's super strong. And she was fighting the battle in her own way. Um, in in a way that is not any less commendable than... I don't know. Does that make well, sense? Yeah. and even, But even the book itself, the way it's written, doesn't focus on it as a feminist thing. No. But if it more or less... She just kind of, yeah, a quiet dignity. And she just, you know, she was, she knew she was as competent as a man. And she didn't have to be in your face about it. But she just had a job to do. And she was going to do her job. And she was going to prove that she could do what anybody else could do. Well, and probably she do was, it better. Yeah. And she wasn't shy about demanding the respect that she had earned, you know, right. with all of her credentials and um, commendations and things like that. And um, I don't know. I just, I, I really liked that about the book and about her as a character that um I don't know it just it was kind of refreshing and an interesting 
look into how women probably were, you know, yeah, fighting, definitely. fighting for the cause back then. Um, and then I wrote down this line. You kind of referred to this, but um, Parsons is talking to the head of ASD. I think his name was Stan Jensen or something like that. Um, he says they're talking about the female astronauts and them becoming part of this their group. And Parsons says, give them some time to adjust. If the rest of us carry on as if there's nothing remarkable about all these women around here, then soon enough, everyone else will find it unremarkable. And, um, yeah, I think that that was interesting. Just him saying, if we just treat everything like it's completely normal, then that's what it will become. And to the point of, you know, we shouldn't be doing news articles about the women of ASD. You know, we shouldn't be... It's just, this is the way it is. Women work here, and women are astronauts, and women, and that's not even, yeah. you know, we're, we're not, not going to treat it like it's something. Putting the pretty ones in front of the picture to right. sell something. Well, or, um, you know, we're not just doing it as a publicity stunt. They yeah. work here, and this is the, their job, you know. Yeah, and I, I liked that. Um, so now, uh, taking this down a notch. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> we always have to, Ellen. Yeah. Uh, so what did you think of the sex in this one? Um, there was a plethora of it. Yes, there was. Uh, you know, it was... Yeah, you didn't like the motel thing, which is where a lot of it happened. Right. Um, but hot damn. I thought it was pretty hot. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I liked... I'll tell you what I did like is you see them so staunch and straight laced at work all the time. And then when mm-hmm. they do go have sex, it is like hot, dirty sex. Yeah. And it's, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like that first scene when she's in her car and he Whoa. just like <laughs> swings her legs around and it's like going at it. It's like, all right, dude. <laughs> yeah. Didn't kind of approaches that? sex is, you know, with as much gusto as he does his job. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he does. <laughs> but I have to say that one scene where he smears her lipstick and then that whole encounter with, I, I want us to be face to face. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want you on your knees for me. I want us to be face to face. I thought that was very um, empowering and, yeah. and uh, sweet. Right. And, uh, and then they refer to it later, you know, when they do start getting together. But um, I thought, I, I thought it was good. I thought all the sex scenes, I mean, this is the case with most of our romance novels, but um, with each sex scene, because, you know, there's a lot of sex that happens between the two of them that we just don't see. Right. It happens, like we said, over the course of a few years, and they're together through a, a lot of that. Yeah, having the affair for a long time. Yeah. Um, but each sex scene that we got, it was kind of like I was saying earlier, building to these big moments that they got because we had well it would they would crack a little bit each time you know yeah. their their facade would crack in yeah. some way and um yeah and i think that that was the whole journey of this book was getting them to let these guards down that they had put up for all the various reasons that we've kind of touched on and that we got to see that happen through the sex scenes and yeah, it made did. it kind of I, it made the sex scenes a lot more moving for me than um, 
some others and not just in the like dang this is this is good kind of <laughs> way but in in the like oh this is really important to the to the course of the story and i like that um okay what was your swooniest moment okay i had two and you already kind of touched on one i loved when he said i got to get her out of the cd motel before i tell mm-hmm. her that i love her yeah i thought that was swoony yeah. The other swoony moment is when they're out to dinner with her parents, mm-hmm. and then he gets up and leaves, and then the waiter comes and tells her she's got a phone call, and when she goes to answer the phone, he just grabs her into the cloakroom or wherever it was they went and just starts making out with her big time, just mm-hmm. because she'd been going through all this terrible... Her parents were being terrible to her, Yeah, and, um, and I thought that was really sweet. So that was one of mine. Not even... Like, I loved that... I loved how much he like stood up for her and never in a way that was like, she's amazing. But it was always like, she does this. She does this. The place would not run without her. She is amazing. Like you should totally respect everything that she's bringing to this company. Um, And then just like that, he just needed to like be with her after that because he's like, you're perfect, and I need to show you, like, how perfect <laughs> you are. Um, and then you kind of touched on this other one that I wrote down, um, but it's towards, it's at the end, and um, it's when they are at his apartment. And he said, I should warn you, he whispered, I always wake up at 4.30. And she says, that was too damn early for any normal human. He says, also, I, well, I'll probably ask you to marry me pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> <laughs> Just know it's coming. Yeah, and I just liked that. Okay, these are the things you need to know. I wake up really <laughs> early, and I'm going to ask you to marry me. And I just thought that was cute. Um, and then the other thing that I wrote, this is just kind of tangential, but a um, couple things I found interesting. Um, I had no idea there was such a thing as a ladies' menu at restaurants. <laughs> well, they haven't had them for a long time. <laughs> That's so crazy. It's her when you're on a date, and then she doesn't have to know how much you're spending on her. That's so dumb. (laughs) Well, that's probably why they don't have them anymore. (laughs) Um, She should know exactly how much you're spending on her. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I want to know how much they're spending on me. Um, And then I wrote down this line that Dot and Beverly said just because I thought it was funny. Um, But they're kind of, Dot and Beverly are uh, talking to Charlie about how they've known that she's had this thing with Parsons for a while. And she's like, do you think everyone knows? She asked from behind her hands. Dot draped an arm over Charlie's shoulders and gave her a half hug. No, I think no one knows because everyone else is a man and therefore oblivious. And I'm like, that is so true. That's so true. <laughs> the women would pick up on it, the men never would. Yeah. But there just wasn't enough women there to pick up on it, so she was fine. Um, okay, so we had a couple people write in about about this book um nara melissa commented and said spoiler alert i think it's possible to say parsons is alpha on the streets and beta in the sheets <laughs> i think yeah yeah but he's also fairly alpha in the sheets as well i mean he lets he there his, be beta moments, moments. Yeah. yeah but because he, sometimes she would just boss him around and it was yeah she would she would just tell him what to do and it was awesome um well and he did always kind of let her run the show even when he was still you know taking control and throwing legs over his shoulders and things like that um just limbs everywhere (laughs) (laughs) um 
Elizabeth said, oh, I loved these. I need more 1960s romances in my life. They're hard to find. So with that, Mom, what would you would you like other 1960s romances? And what other historical eras do you think the historical romance genre needs to explore? More? I would like, because, you know, I'm always picturing things in my brain. Yeah. I had like a Mad Men kind of picture Vibe, in my brain. Of, yeah. <laughs> from, of these women in their pencil skirts and, yeah. you know, high heels and bright red lipstick. Um, yeah. What other eras would I like? I don't know. I think anything. I think, I mean, it's definitely a, an area that gets explored in a lot of other fiction, but I don't feel like there's a lot of, like, 1940s. Right. Um, which would be, like, World War Two and stuff. Yeah, I think there are some World War Two ones. There's definitely some of those, but um, 1920s, I think, I mean, there's some of those, too, but, um, yeah. I think any. Yeah, I do like reading different time periods than we've read it's just interesting to first of all it's interesting to think okay well how are men and women relating at this time period you know because in the 60s there was a men men and men and women were relating completely differently mm-hmm. you know than they do now and so it's interesting to see that you know introspective on relationships yeah um so Christy, who recommended the book, she sent in, she said, sending, um, she said, I absolutely adore this book. A grumpy hero, a smart heroine, and a, and steamy sex. What's not to love? Plus, Emma Berry used Oscar Isaac as a Eugene inspiration swoon. Ooh. And when she sent me that, I was like, oh, yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, she said, if you liked this book, the rest of the series is great. This series made me hungry for other 20th century historicals. So if any listeners have any recommendations, I'd love to hear them. And I think I would, yeah, I would echo that. Yeah, um, it would be cool. Yeah. The, um, okay, so like the picture that you have, that we have on, on our Twitter and stuff of yeah. the book, you have the, cause the, the two one, covers. The, there's two covers. Yeah. The one cover with the picture on it. It's all wrong because, first of all, he's not dark-haired enough. And he's, he's wearing a gray swarthy suit. enough. He's wearing a gray suit. And if oh, you remember, he yeah. always wore black suits and a black tie. Yeah. And uh, so there, I had issues with the fact that that. Yeah, but Oscar too. Isaac, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I could totally get behind that. Yeah. Because um, he's definitely, like, swarthy-looking enough, right, to yes. be. Yes, Um, But then also, like, because... He was never described in a way that was like, oh, he's like just straight up hot. Right. But, and I think that Oscar Isaac is like that, where it's like, he's not just straight up hot, but he's got this like thing about him that is like still hot, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. I agree, Ellen. I love that. <laughs> um, so those are our thoughts. Do you have anything else to say, Mom? Um, No. I did come around. I, it's not that I didn't like the book. I did like the book. I loved the time period. I loved. It just took me a while to get behind the characters. Yeah, is that fair to say? I think I could. I think I was always on board because I could see where it was going, and I could see that the whole point of the book was this guard that they put up was getting it to come down, and right. I knew that that was going to be the journey, and so I was always on board, and I just found it really. I found it really beautiful and like it was much more because there was some humorous moments but it was not like 
as rom-commy as some of the other ones that we read, right? Right, right. And I thought it was much more just kind of like, not sweeping, but I don't know. It was epic in the way that it covered so much time and, yeah. and uh, you know, covered a time period where great things were going on. and Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I really loved it a lot. Um, so, those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Earthbound by Emma Berry and Genevieve Turner. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, Goodreads Group, our Twitter, which is at NotYourMom'sRom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you'd like to suggest a book for us to read, as Christy did, um, we'd love to hear from you. On January 28th, we will be discussing Bulldozer by P. D'Angelico in our next mini episode for next week. Um, So... We hope you'll read along. I have a feeling some of the ones we have coming up are going to be pretty racy. Can I say? Um, I think this one is supposed to be kind of slow burny, but maybe it okay. might get. Okay. Um, I'm just saying I'm just preparing you for, for the if eventual I read the books before you. Awkwardness. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> um, so for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be getting to know me. Getting to know all about me song for every situation so stay with us it's time for a break it's time for a break the breaks when we do the news and mail that was my attempt at britney spears it was awful but you need the schoolgirl outfit maybe i'm wearing it don't don't <laughs> not tell the listeners i can see what you're wearing and it's not a schoolgirl outfit <laughs> what my old sweatshirt that i got my senior year of high school is not good enough for you <laughs> rude um so as the as the jingle says uh this is where we do the news in the mail so let's start with some mail um cynthia wrote to us on facebook and she said dear ellen and mom i've been listening to royally yours by emma chase and thinking of how you'd enjoy it both the narrators are great, but Shane East with his dreamy voice and British accent is just delightful. My new favorite word. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> a lot of people are calling out, Mom, that you use Apparently the word Apparently I say delightful a lot. <laughs> oh, well. Mom just finds a lot of things delightful. I do. Um, Cynthia continues, I haven't read the other books in the series, and honestly, I don't think you need to since it's a prequel. But the setting, the era, picture the crown, but with a hot queen and prince, it made me cry and smile. Seriously, all-around beautiful book. I love your podcast. I often find myself joining in, nodding or shaking my head, finishing your sentences like a crazy person on my commute to and from work. Thanks for being utterly delightful. Ah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we actually responded to Cynthia and told her, that um, both of us have read all the other books in this series except for Royally Yours. Yeah, I haven't read. But and I won that. Yes. I, I won gonna... Royally Yours. I won a free copy of it at in Vegas. Yeah, we went when we were at Love in Vegas. We met Emma Chase and got her to sign some things. And Mom won like a, a raffle thing that a they had going thing. on for a free copy of Royally Yours. So Mom even owns it. So we need to apparently get on top of this. Um, <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> can't say that in a romance podcast no, and not, not call that out. <laughs> Come on, Ellen. Um, we had another message from um, Ida, Ada, Ada. I'm going to go with Ada or Aida, depending how. Is the, it A-I-D-A? 
A I D A. Yeah. I would say Ada. Okay. Well, the musical is Aida, but okay. It's one of those. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we're in the ballpark. You you should let us know how do we, how we say your name. Um, she said, "Just had to say that I love Spotless. I have I had seen it recommended in many book groups, but I resisted. But once I uh, heard it, once I read it to listen to your podcast, I devoured the whole series and want to know when Spotless Five is coming. So much fun." Yes. Um, she says, "Plus, I love how you and your mom are with each other. Gorgeous." Yeah. yeah. We are kind of gorgeous together. We are. <laughs> I had some friends this just this week say, you guys are more like sisters than you are like mom and daughter. Yeah, that was when mom and I went to England, everybody was always like, oh, I'm assuming you two are sisters. And I'm like, uh, do you realize how insulting that is to me? <laughs> yeah, but they knew who was paying the bills. Yeah, exactly. Um, in uh, In our news, we were featured in a Bustle article. Yeah. That was, um, it was talking about nine podcasts that you could listen to that were book clubs. And ours was featured as, like, the romance selection, which was pretty cool. And we were pretty... We didn't even know that was happening. Yeah, because it happened, like, three... It was actually came out, like, three weeks ago, but we just found out about it yesterday. Um, So that was cool. Uh, cool. The other thing I wanted to talk about in this segment is... um, B topics that we do for the longer episodes are very hard for us to always figure out what to do. So if you guys have recommendations for things that you'd like us to talk about, any um, just general topics within the romance genre or whatever you want to hear Or anything about us. You want to know something about our history? (laughs) Yeah, if you Our amazing lives how exciting we are that's not true (laughs) um the other thing i wanted to propose and see if there was any interest in it is if we did um kind of like a rom-com spotlight where we kind of broke down a rom-com that we could watch and then kind of talk about it in the way that we talk about books um so if that's something you'd be interested in let us know if you have a rom-com that you'd like us to watch and talk about let us know. It can be an old one. It could be a new one. It could be... I think it'd be interesting, too, if it was, like, ones that not as many people have seen. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, get back to us on all those things. Let us know what you think. Um, and we just love you guys, and we'll talk to you later. Welcome back. So a few episodes back, we got to know mom a little better and see how well I knew her in a little light version of the newlywed with kind of a the, the newlywed game with a this or that type game. Um, now the tables have turned and we are going to see how well mom knows me. I think mom has a slight advantage over me because we talked about some of my answers to some of these in her round, but whatever, that's fine. But the disadvantage that I have is that I don't remember anything, so I don't remember <laughs> what he said. <laughs> Thanks for that. So Okay, so Mom, go. take it away. Okay, so here's the questions for Ellen, which most of them are the same as the questions she asked me. Oh. So Ellen, and then I also di- guessed at what I think she's going to say. Yes. And, and we'll see how, how right I am. Yeah. So Ellen, Pepsi or Coke? Coke. I got that one right. I knew that. <laughs> 
Comedy I, or But mystery? Diet Coke. Here's the thing. I don't... People talk about, like, oh, you should try Coke Zero. But I don't like Coke Zero because it's trying to taste like regular Coke. But I prefer the taste of Diet Coke to the taste of regular Coke. Because you're a freaking weirdo. But okay. <laughs> okay, comedy or mystery? Uh, comedy. Okay. I, Did I you get that, that one? Okay, I, I was going to say. Slow burn or insta heat? Slow burn. I got that one right too. <laughs> I'm three for three. Cowboys or aliens? Hmm. Aliens. Like who? Like well, what alien? I'm not saying like which one I prefer to like bang. I'm talking about <laughs> if I'm watching a movie, do I want one with cowboys or do I want one with aliens? I would pick aliens. I'm assuming okay. you got this one wrong. I got this one wrong. Because, <laughs> like, I'm thinking, do I want to watch a Western or do I want to watch X-Files? I want to watch X-Files. Oh. Well, then you got Mulder. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bond or Born? Hmm. Probably Bond. See, the, the problem with this question is there's been so many Bonds. So you could say, yeah. oh, am I a Daniel Craig girl? Am I a, you know roger moore girl or am i a sean well, yeah it's girl? just like which movies i'm but thinking board is just you got matt damon or nobody oh i guess yeah. what's his name played a jeremy renner Jenner, yeah uh sci-fi or fantasy hmm this is hard um because they're very similar mm-hmm. but i think i'd go i think you're might get this one wrong sci-fi I got it right. Hey. Because I was thinking of you, you really like like all this Star Wars and Star Trek and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. I got that one right, too. Taco Bell or Panda Express? Taco Bell. Yes, I got that one right, too. <laughs> uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. I got that one right, too. I've gotten them all right, except the Cowboys and Aliens. Look at you. Uh, Kindle or paperback? Kindle. Come on. I got that one right. Alphas or betas? Alphas. I got that one right, too. The problem is, is you don't, I don't like straight either one. I like... No. I like either alpha with a little but beta. But you know how I like alpha. my grumpies, and they're usually alphas. I know you alphas. like your grumpy men. Okay. Chris Pratt or Chris Hemsworth? Oh, this one know, is it's like trying to choose hard. a child. Because um, I think we talked about this last time with yours. Um, I've been like, I mean, Chris Pratt is now engaged. Did you see that? Oh, to whom? He's engaged to Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter. Oh, gosh, dang. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it's a little disappointing. Yeah. I, I so, mean, I'm sure she's a lovely girl. What do I know? Yeah. Um. But, oh, this one's really hard. Because, like, I'm going to go with Chris Pratt. He, I mean, he holds my heart, but. I know. Um, and he's just that goofy guy that we love from. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, because I loved, listen, I loved him, like, when he was fat in early seasons of Parks and Recreation. I, I loved know. him, like, pre-Guardians of the Galaxy, so. You know. We did. Well, we've been our love is fans real for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got that one right, by the way. Thank you. Uh, pancakes or waffles? Waffles. I got that one right. 
Mainly because if, if I have to, like, I'll give it the Parks and Recreation edge just because she loves waffles so much on that yes. show. <laughs> um, if, if, if I get this one wrong, you have to pay me money. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, William or Henry? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> William or Harry? Harry. Well, I, yeah. Um, you did go through a huge William phase when I know. he was like 14. It's true. When I was, <laughs> no, when I was younger than that, it no, was. When he was like 14. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved, I loved him. Loved him. I, I am well aware, Ellen. <laughs> but I think, I think I Harry. Think I would has go with Harry though these, these days. days. And he seems like more like I'd like to hang with him than, than William. But. A little less staunchy than William. Yeah. Uh, Tina Fey or Amy Poehler? Tina Fey. Speaking of choosing your favorite child. Yeah. Um, I got that one right. Gosh. I've only gotten one wrong so far. Gandalf or Dumbledore? This one I had a hard time with. I, okay. Here's where I'm, here's where I'm having a problem. I think I, I would like, I like Harry Potter more than Lord of the Rings, personally. I know that that is not the case with everyone in our family. Um, but... I think I probably like the character of Gandalf more than I like the character of Dumbledore. So I might go with Gandalf, and you I got it wrong. Dumbledore, because I knew you liked Harry Potter more. Yeah. Um. So I put Dumbledore. But yeah. Sorry. But do you see my reasoning there? Yes, I do. I okay. Do. Uh, Twizzlers or Red Vines? Twizzlers. Yes, I know. I know. You're very adamant about this. <laughs> You're going to start campaigns. Red vines are gross. <laughs> and listen, Fall. I like all candy for the most part. Like, it is hard to displease me when it comes to candy, but I do not like red vines. They taste sad inside. I feel like I failed you somehow as a mother. <laughs> um, enemies to lovers or friends to lovers? Uh, friends to lovers. I got that one right. Because yeah. you like that, you know... Like old they were friends old that become childhood lovers, sweethearts yes. and stuff like that. I like all that. Um, invisibility or apparition? Apparition. I actually looked this up because we were questioning this last time. Uh-huh. And apparition is like when a ghost appears. But what I think they mean here is the ability to appear, like to apparate. That's what from that's... one place to another place. See, I've always like I've like long held that I would pick invisibility as my superpower, but to apparate would be like it would come in way way more in handy than invisibility. I feel like like you could be at work instantaneously. Oh, I would love that because <laughs> I hate driving, especially. I mean, like so with my commute to work, I walk, and I've often said that I feel like it has helped my mental state so much to not have to drive to well, and from I've been in work. the car with you when you drive and, and you have anger issues when you yeah, drive. Yeah, I do. I know this about myself. That's what I mean. Um, so if I could just avoid that, I just feel like I'd be a much more serene person in general. So which one are you saying? Apparate. I got that one right. Oh. <laughs> Only because I didn't know that you thought invisibility was a cool thing. Yeah. Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers? Sesame Street. Ah, oh, I put Mr. Rogers. Oh, did you? So that's two, three I have wrong so far. Yeah. I think Friends so. or Seinfeld? Friends. I got that one right. Okay. 
Sexy billionaire or sexy farmer? Ooh, this one is hard. Um, it is hard. Sexy farmer. That's what I put, too. I mean, that's what, <laughs> that's you what I put. Yeah. Um, only because I was thinking of our, uh, you know, like... Uh, well, like the Winstons. Like, yeah. I know that they're not all... They're not, like, farmers. But I like the more, like, ruggedy type guys than, like, the smooth, polished guys in general. So. I, I would agree a thousand percent. Yeah. Beatles or Beach Boys? Ooh. See, this one's hard because... I think I like more Beatles songs, but... But have you been to a Beatles concert? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I there's more songs by the Beach Boys that I just, like, love with my heart and soul. Um, I might go Beach Boys, to be honest. That is what I said, Ellen. Yeah, because, like, because I Because you've love, been to a Beach Boys concert. I have. And, like... <laughs> when you were four. God only knows, and wouldn't it be nice? Like, I just, I love those songs. I love, I love them. Um, I remember when your dad and I were engaged, and we listened to the song, Wouldn't It Be Nice? And we think, oh, I can't wait till we're married. Mainly because we were holding out (laughs) till our wedding night. Yeah. uh, (laughs) So I've heard heard all about it. Have you heard about that, Ellen? Yeah. Did you know that? Uh, Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart? Um, Cary Grant. That's what I said. Uh, marriage of convenience or road trip? Ooh. Um, I'm going to go. Oh, this is hard. Marriage of convenience. That's what I picked. Oh, look at you. I know. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid? Little Mermaid. Really? Yeah. I got that one wrong. I I mean, I loved I love Beauty and the Beast, and honestly, I probably like identify more with Belle, but I love Little Mermaid. You know this. I do. I do because I was there <laughs> <laughs> when I was in love with Little Mermaid. Well, I'm going to share this story. We lived in Northern Maine. Uh-huh. Um, and so Little Mermaid had been out in the rest of the world forever, and it was finally coming to our theater on base in northern Maine. And, it and I already seen... had, like, the soundtrack. I she knew, knew all, all the, the songs. She was, like, four years old. She knew all the songs. She knew everything about it. And um, my husband was getting ready to leave on, like, a three-month trip, and so I said, this is perfect. We'll go see the movie tonight, and, um, you know, before my husband leaves on his trip, and he gets to experience it with Ellen, and she was so excited. And we drove to the theater and got there, and the film hadn't arrived. And so... Like it had been snowing or something, right? And like, Yeah, and so they weren't able to get through with the movie. And so Ellen was so sad, and it was heartbreaking to tell her, we can't see the movie tonight. And it was just... So then we had to go. My husband didn't get to share it with us, and... But when we went and saw it, Mom says I was, like, standing on the seats, like, singing Uh, along with every song. She was just, she was (laughs) just in love with Ariel. (laughs) Anyway, that's our Little Mermaid story. Yeah. Okay, contemporary or historical? I'm going to go contemporary. That's what I circled, because when we did our awards at the end of the year, every single book we picked was contemporary. Well, and I think with contemporary... It can just be a little bit more varied than historicals t- 
tend to be. I think that they can also be pretty varied, but there's just certain things that they can't always do in historical, certain, like, plots and things like that, so. Right. Okay. Here's the last question that I added myself. Oh. When it comes to cell phones, do you prefer texting or talking? (laughs) I hate you so much. (laughs) That's a legit question. (laughs) You're... Oh, boy. Um... (laughs) Okay, I will. <laughs> I will say this. Um, I think texting is very efficient, and I like that sometimes people are more comfortable saying things over text message. Okay, That's but an excellent, excellent answer. <laughs> now, just stop there. <laughs> In general, I tend to prefer to just get a conversation over with and done with by talking on the phone and just getting it done with. Um, I don't know. I guess, it, it, I guess it depends on what you're doing. I mean, yeah. Cause the other thing is I had a friend who was in a relationship and I can talk about her cause she doesn't listen to the podcast. Um, but she was in a relationship and there was just, they were always having these mis- miscommunications and it was because he, really hated to talk on the phone and they and he always wanted to text and so then they'd have these really serious conversations about the state of their relationship over text and they would totally misunderstand each other and I'm like that's because there are things that are missing when you're texting you need there are some things that you just need to talk about and if possible face to face rather than I don't know but at least even if you're talking on the phone you're still picking up on tone of voice and nuances like that and so I don't know You're so but mom wants me to say texting so I'll say texting yeah say texting good good answer <laughs> um and that's all the questions that I have do we need to explain why you asked me that no. question and why we got all giggly about it you can if you want to it's up to you um we'll just say that I'm in a texting situation with a guy right now there's a guy you text there's a guy that i text and that is his title (laughs) okay okay so on that note thanks so much for joining us again if you would like to join us for bulldozer by p d'angelico in one week on january 28th you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher spotify or wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free you can also find us on twitter and instagram at not your mom's rom or on facebook or goodreads or email us at not your mom's rom romance book club at gmail.com don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them all right thanks mom you're welcome ellen that was Uh. delightful (laughs) (laughs) it's mom's catchphrase um all right talk to you guys next time bye bye